Hello, welcome to the Simple Things Podcast with Kelly Ramsey, owner of Developing People. We help you to discover the greatness that's within you, to develop your dreams, ideas, and your goals, and then launch them and bring them forward. We are so excited that we are launching a new month. I like to call this uh, Hello November series and this month we will be having um, speakers on each of our episodes beginning with this episode number 12 and so today's guest speaker will be joining us to talk about the importance of self-care as a priority and um, the myths of mental health and so I'm really really excited to um, bring forward Chantel Farrow and she's going to be sharing with us. So please stay tuned and we will be right back with the broadcast. Well, hello. Hi, Chantel. Hello. Welcome to the Simple Things Podcast. I am your host, Kelly Ramsey, the owner of Developing People, where we help people to discover the greatness that's already within them to develop their dreams, ideas, and goals, and then to launch them and bring them forward. I am so excited to have you on our podcast today. Um, Chantel is a licensed marital and family therapist and the clinical director of Pivot, a turning point for youth located, a nonprofit located in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. So Chantel, welcome so much. And thank you for agreeing to just chat with me for a little while. I told the viewers about my own journey um, of seeing a therapist for the first time. And so they know a little bit of my story. And so I just wanted to invite you in for us to continue the dialogue and to provide some real resources for my viewers. So thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. So how I want to give the audience a little background. So Chantel and I were chatting on Facebook and we were talking about self-care. And uh, we were talking about, at that time, I had made a vegan meal And we were talking about our food and getting back to nutrition. And I was sharing that from my childhood, we ate really, really healthy meals. And so I'm getting back to that. And around that, I also share with her that I had um, seen a therapist for the first time in 54 years and how much of a difference it made in my life. And then I invited her. I was like, you need to come on my podcast So we can just have a conversation about mental health, about nurturing ourselves and the role of a therapist in helping us to support that work. And so we're just going to get started um, and just share and, and talk. This is a part of our series in November around connection and community. And so I'm glad to have Chantel on as my first guest. So again, thank you. So Chantel, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the field of um, marital and family therapy? Yes, I can. So um, basically, I'm from a small town um, in Oklahoma. And growing up, 
Um, I experienced a lot of different things. Um, one of those things being um, my mom who suffered from a mental illness. And so, you know, being a child in that environment, it definitely creates a situation where you're kind of always on pins and needles. You just really don't know what's going to happen next. And so throughout my childhood, I, I had several life experiences that created situations where I found myself very confused, um, dealing with a lot of hard things and not really having the resources to be able to come out of that. And so as I went through high school, um, I had decided that, you know, the only way that I was going to be able to truly get out of that situation that I felt like that I was in was to continue and go to school. And so um, because I was really good at school, I um, decided that I was going to go to the University of Oklahoma. That was the only school that I really knew about, which is funny, <laughs> um, in Norman, Oklahoma. And so right. I was like, yep, that's where I'm going to go. Um, and, oh, let me take that back. I did know about Langston, um, but um, a lot of schools, I mean, a lot of people from my town, if you are Black, they went there. And so right. me trying to be different, yes. <laughs> decided I was going to venture out to Norman. And so I went there and um, I was introduced to therapy at that time when I was doing my undergrad, okay. um, because it with mental illness and with um, just d different barriers that you may experience in your life, you think you've kind of worked through those things, mm -hmm. but if you don't handle them or deal with them at that particular time, they resurface. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's what I found myself in, in, in a situation where some of that childhood stuff was coming back to the forefront for me. Yes. And I was having a difficult time managing relationships. I was having a difficult time maintaining grades. And I, you know, I was just, it was just a really bad time for me. And so I sought out um, mental health for myself then because I saw a poster in the student union that said, hey, if you need therapy, <laughs> something yeah. like that. And so I sought it out and um, I experienced therapy for the first time then. And, and it definitely was life changing for me at that point. Yes. Um, I still did not get down to the root of my issues until later on in life. However, it was a good introduction. And so um, when I was going through that experience myself, I was, was reminded of what my mom has struggled with all these years. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to um, help others heal and be able to function, yes. take care of their families yeah. through this gift we call therapy. And so that's when I decided that I wanted to become a therapist. I know we, in my work with um, young children and in the early childhood field, we often do assessments. So we do screeners at the beginning of our Head Start work. And a lot of times we find that families have been through trauma, um, they're experiencing um, some issues, sometimes domestic violence, and the parents often, that's their first awareness as we begin to take them through our process of enrolling, that their children have been experienced this as well. So like you mentioned, from our childhood, we have experiences, you know, good, bad, and different, but we don't just move through those. And like you said, they sometimes resurface when other things happen. And so as I was thinking about my own stigma with 
mental health, a lot of it came from watching family members, friends in my community that I grew up struggle in areas and being told like, you'll be okay, just come to church, you'll be okay, just sit down over here. So what do you think is the important like first step? Like yours was awareness and then you saw a flyer and it was like, I should check into that. And then you began in your own journey. So what do you think are some of the first awareness um, points that people sometimes miss because we're not looking for it that would help us to begin that journey towards wholeness and healing? That's a good question. So I will say this. Um, it's great that you all do that screening um, mm-hmm. to be able to help families identify that. Because what happens is, I, I do believe, is that things that we go through do, you know, during life, traumas that we've experienced, we don't necessarily view them as bad. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we view them as normal things that have occurred. And in the black community, what I have found is that it has become normal to experience mm-hmm. certain things, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm also, um, when I, when I tell people, um, that parents, grandparents, um, individuals, adults in the black community, I really feel like they do the best that they can with Mm -hmm. the resources they have available to them. And so when we're talking about trauma and we're talking about dealing with those things, the tools they have is how they're going to manage and deal with those. And so Mm -hmm. when we talk about awareness, the most important thing I feel is to educate because sometimes people don't even realize that what they're going through is a bad experience, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not Mm -hmm. even aware. It's not even conscious to them. And so you have this thing called, and I know people have heard of it, conscious and subconscious, subconscious Mm -hmm. being those things that you're really not aware of in your logical mind, you know, Mm -hmm. that you're being affected. And so sometimes I do believe education is a key to be able to identify those things. Mm -hmm. Now within the black community, a huge barrier is trust. Um, And so when we look at working with people or we look at helping individuals, we have to keep that in mind. There is a lot of mistrust and grant. I mean, I think it's, it's um, something that is definitely real. You know, I don't think it's a made up mistrust. I don't think that people, you know, why are they mistrusting individuals? I mean, history has time and time again um, provided situations where there it has created a mistrust. Mm -hmm. And so um, the most important thing I think is that we need to focus on how do we deal with that, 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 that mistrust and how do we form those connections? Because it is a connection that Mm -hmm. you form with an individual that helps break down that barrier of mistrust. And once you're able to really make a connection, then you're able to provide education. Yes. I, I so agree um, because that trust building is what happens over a period of time. So with each, I know in my experience, with each meeting that I had with my therapist, I shared a little bit more. Mm. And because I was using my jobs EAP services, which is a great beginning to use, um, I knew I had so many sessions. And so then I started stretching them out a little further to see how am I maintaining in between. And then at the last, I'm I'm laughing because at the last two sessions, I dealt with like really heavy stuff because I knew like 
this is getting ready to be over mm. and I think I have enough trust here so I'm gonna walk on this limb and and see you know what's her response and because she was skilled um it helped me to be able to extend a little mo- more and so my last session I was like okay I need this this and this and this from you because we developed a rhythm and I was able to have some takeaways that I could then continue to maintain. And then my, my goal is to get another therapist and continue because it was such a rich experience. So what I would like to do, I'm, um, I want us to take a moment. We're going to take a break, but I'm going to bring you back so we can continue with like three practical steps that... Um, that um, families can begin to use if they're seeking therapy. Mm-hmm. So hold, hold on a minute and we're going to come right back. Well, hello. Welcome, Chantel. Hello. How are you? I'm good. So uh, we're continuing with our segment and we're just going to jump right in. And okay. So- Let's tell the listeners a little bit about um, three practical steps that families can use when they're seeking a therapist. Okay. So I think the first thing when we, when we talk about um, seeking out therapy for our children and our families and ourselves, I think one thing we do have to keep in mind is that it's going to take time. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're you're literally for, forming a relationship with someone um, that you're going to be sharing some things with. You're going to be vulnerable. And that does take time and it does take work. And keeping that in mind, um, doing your own research definitely helps. Mm-hmm. Um, seeking out um, individuals or family members that may know someone would be a great way as well. Um, Another thing I want to talk about is experience. Um, Experience does matter. So when you're searching for someone who's just the right fit for you, you really have to keep in mind that this relationship is not just like a friendship. Um, This person that you're going to be speaking with has experience. And so they have experience to treat certain problems and certain issues. So depending on what your family is experiencing, um, what you're experiencing, what your child is experiencing. There are therapists that uh, specialize in certain things, whether that's depression, um, whether that is trauma, whether that's even just um, ADHD. Um, So keeping that in mind, experience matters. So when you're thinking about a therapist, um, think about that. what type of things do I need to gain insight about? What are, t- what are some things that I'm struggling with? Mm-hmm. And if, and also um, who can best help me with that issue? So if you're, if you're seeking a therapist around grief and we know grief has all different forms. So it's not just a matter of, you know, loss of a loved one. It could be grief over a job transition or, um, a workplace thing so seeking someone who has extensive experience in working with those that are grieving in any possible way would you suggest that absolutely yes so because um there are so many different type of uh, therapists out there and 
each therapist has their own what you would call focus mm-hmm. or their specialty or um, that they are really skilled in. And so, like you were saying, if you um, you're going through grief, the best thing is to seek out someone who has that type of experience okay. um, with that issue. All right. So as, so as a, a, you mentioned that um, it's a relationship that's developed over time, right? And I think a big misnomer is that I'll just have one session and I'll be good, right? Um, and so how much time normally, I don't know if it's a normal thing, but how, what's the length of time in therapy? Do people stay in it for a specific amount of time, like a year? Do they have a year or six months and then come back when they need to um, have more? What's the typical, what could be the typical things families would expect? That's a good question. You know, it, it really just depends. And I know that's such a cliche thing to say, but when you're looking at individuals and people, people are just so different. Everyone is different. Um, For some, it may take, um, six months for others, it can take two or three years. It also depends on what you're really trying to work on. So I spoke about trauma and trauma Mm -hmm. has so many different complexities to it that it can take, you know, a while to be able to work through those things. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when you first, um, engage in services, typically what happens is the expectation is that you're going to be at least engaged with this person for at least six months. Mm-hmm. And if I were a brand new client and I'm coming in for services around um, depression, say, what would I expect? Like on that first visit, is there paperwork I would fill out? Um, do we just have a conversation? Does it vary? What would be the expectation there? So typically the expectation is you're just having a conversation. But within the conversation, what the therapist will be doing is she or he will be doing what's called an assessment. So they're just really trying to figure out what's going on. You know, what are some of the problems that you're dealing with? Um, What are some different family dynamics that may um, have caused the issue? So it's just really an assessment to see what is going on. It also, I'm sorry. No, then after the initial assessment, um, what would be the next phases that they moved through? Well, then the next phase would be to form a, what we call a therapeutic relationship or a bond. And that mm-hmm. really happens at the first session when you are um, meeting with your therapist for the first time and they're kind of just talking with you and doing that assessment. The focus is always on the connection. The focus is always on that therapeutic relationship. The focus is always on how can I connect really well with this individual. Okay. So tell, so we talked about um, in our first segment that trust is built over time. And so I wanted to um, think about that a little bit more because I believe trust is such a factor that is underestimated and um, that depending on your experiences, you may have walls built up and trust is a factor like uh, messaging that you may have had during your childhood, trust no one, it's only us, um, keeping that closed circle within the family and don't let anybody into our business, which kind of 
helps people avoid seeking outside help. And so let's talk a little bit about what is that, that trust being built over time. And I could just imagine like a conversation as an assessment, you're just getting to know one another. They may say something and you're like, oh, wait, she actually understands that, right? Mm -hmm. And so let's talk a little bit about what that trust is built over time. Yeah. So when we talk about, you know, therapy and forming a relationship with someone, um, therapy is a journey. Um, And the great thing about um, seeking out a therapist is that they're skilled and they're experienced to understand the complexities of forming a relationship. They also understand the complexity of trust. Um, And it's something that as a professional, um, we do not take for granted. And so when we're looking at forming trust with an individual, we're always keeping in mind that this individual has experiences that they also bring to the therapy room. And, um, And what we do is we meet that client where they are. And so what that means is, is that we will um, move as quickly or as slowly as the client wants to within therapy. And so it's really just a journey, you know, and um, as you go through your sessions, whether that's two sessions, whether that's 12 sessions, each time your connection with that individual should get stronger and stronger. So that's something you can look kind of measurement is that connection getting stronger as well right absolutely so so one of my like questions that I always had and why I it took me so long to actually see a therapist like I shared my story um I saw a therapist through our EAP employee assistance program at work and but that was the first time in 53 years that I ever went outside of my circles church Um, family and whatnot to seek assistance and I was really struggling with um, work issues that I was trying to navigate through so at a crossroads in my profession and my work that I was doing and so what I found is one of my misnomers was that they will just open you all up and then leave you to go deal with the world (laughs) until the next session right and I would say in my first session, I found that to not be true because she gave me some specific things to focus on. I started doing an emotional tracker. I mentioned that. And so I started to track how I was feeling and when that feeling came, what was happening and recording that in my journal. So my days in between our sessions were filled with me doing some work as well. So what would you sh- what would you share around just that experience of you know all that we're seeking you as a professional to help and assist us what part of it what part do we play in that relationships and nurturing and um, our own mental health Yeah so I really think it is about that trust and that bond and so the great thing about a therapeutic relationship with a therapist is that they're so skilled And when you talk about the fear of just leaving you open, therapists are skilled in a way that we have to ensure and we have to make sure that you're able to withstand some of the things that we're going to work on in therapy. Oftentimes people think, you know, therapy is something fun. Therapy is hard work. And so what Mm -hmm. we have to ensure our first, um, I guess, rule of thumb in therapy is do no harm. 
And it's actually an ethical rule and we can't do any harm. And so what we want to make sure is that you're able to tolerate emotionally and mentally um, some of the things that you're going to be, you know, dealing with and talking about. And so what that looks like is like you talked about an activity that your therapist did with you. We'll do activities or different things to build that emotional tolerance or that window of tolerance mm-hmm. in session. And then we want you to carry it outside of session and see how you can balance your emotions ex- as you're experiencing life. And then as you come mm-hmm. back to therapy, we'll push you a little bit further And so the goal is that we're building up that window of tolerance so that when we get down to the hard stuff, I know without a doubt that you'll be able to handle and you're able to regulate yourself afterwards so that when you go and leave, you can still function and take care of your family and take care of yourself. Yeah. That's, that's great to know. So tell me, Chantel, I have learned so much just, from sharing and talking with you in this segment. So tell the listeners how they can um, contact you or if they want are interested in your Yes, yeah, so I do have an email. You. you can send me an email um, at Chantel, S-H-A-N-T-E-L, Pharaoh, um, F is in Frank, A-R-R-O-W-L-M-F-T at gmail.com. You can also reach out to me by phone, um, area code 405-881-5687. Well, thank you again. And I have just really enjoyed um, talking with you and sharing with you. And I know my listeners are going to be reaching out to you because you are such a wealth of information. I was just sharing with someone today, they were looking for a therapist. And as you mentioned that, you know, starting with family or friends. As Thank you so much. And I recommended you. So uh, you're welcome. So I'm already helping people to reach, um, reach out to you and to get the support that they need, which is so, so critical. And so I just want to thank you on behalf of our um, our business, Developing People, and we just appreciate all that you offer and all that thank you, you. Do to serve our community. Thanks. Wow, what an exciting episode with Chantel Farrow and the enlightenment that I feel about um, my mental health, seeing a therapist, reaching out and supporting children and families and getting services as early as possible. So I know I am committed to not only my self-care routines, but also to being sure that I am taking care of my mental health as well. And so I hope you will do the same. Hope you will use developing people as a source to connect, to be excited about what's ahead as we process into a new year and to get the tools and resources that you need. If you have not already checked out our website, please do. It is located at www.developpeople.org and there's so many resources there. Check into our We Connect community page, which lists not only our services that we offer, but also people we partner with, use their services 
to keep our mental health and our wellness at the top priority. Have a great, great day, and we will see you back here for our next episode in November. We're committed to supporting you and creating community and connection. Have a great one. Bye-bye.